Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Harrison Raider is going to be on with us here in just a little bit. And um, I got a I got a care package here. What's this? What do these sound like? Uh, how about more of these? I got more. Oh, I got a whole big one. Those sound like con- they're, they're tickets. They sound like tickets to me. Purdue football. Fresno State. This Saturday. You want to get your face in the place? I've got a pair of tickets. Here's what you do. Text me. Boiler up. The 765-447-4080. Text BOILERUP 765-447-4080. I'll get you your chance to win those tickets. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. 765-447-4080. Just text the keyword BOILERUP to me, and I'll get you a chance to win these. I, look, I got football tickets all season long for you. You know what else I got sitting over here? This is nice right here. Because these buddies, these bad boys are hard to get. And we'll do some next week. But I do have Purdue volleyball tickets also to give away. All season long. All the games. At home. In Holloway. I got you covered. How about them apples? Plenty of tickets for you to score right here from your good buddy, Jared on the Hammer. Big old stacks of tickets. Text Boiler Up. The 765-447-4080. Text it in. That's your chance to win. Super awesome. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. All right, let's uh, get started like we always do. It's time for Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, uh, Cubs really needed to get off on a good note here in this three-game series with Baltimore. They came in four games behind the Brewers. Yelich leads off with a homer. Brewers 6-2. Horner, Swanson, Hap. That's the top three in the order. They all go one for four. Solo homer out of Hap in the first. Got the Cubs on the board, but Brew Crew open with four in the first frame. Cubs never recover from that. James and Tyen, six innings, nine hits, four earned, six strikeouts. Local game two tonight. Justin Steele versus Corbin Burns. They were saying Boo Earns. Uh, Brewers, 23rd in the league this season in hitting lefties. Burns, just two for three, or two and three record in nine starts lifetime versus the Cubs with a 3-4-8 ERA. Has not collected a W against the Cubs since 2021. White Sox smoked. And Baltimore, 9-0. Just two hits from the Sox. And they both came from Luis Robert Jr., who 
oddly enough, was the only starter in Sunday's lineup to not record a hit. And then fast forward to Monday, he's the only one to get a hit. And he got two of them. Mike Kopech, four innings, seven hits, four earned, five strikeouts, four walks for him. He's really been up there in that category, hasn't he? Uh, yesterday we talked about how bad um, the White Sox pitchers starters were in giving up homers. I feel like they're certainly up there on the walks. Kopech is second after last night with 84. He's one behind Blake Snell. Blake Snell has played two more games than him. And has, what is this, like 25 more innings in the Kopech? Yeesh. That's not good. It's not good at all. I'm looking around these numbers here, too. Next closest is Josiah Gray with 71. So he's 13 clear of him. And Gray's got 15 innings, 16 innings almost on him. Amazing numbers, man. He puts dudes on base, that's for sure. So tonight they'll run it back. It's uh, Schlottens versus Creamer. O's have won eight of his last nine starts. Meanwhile, investigation into the shooting that happened inside guaranteed low-rate field uh, last week. We have some results. The gun was fired from inside the park. There's some thoughts that perhaps it could have been fired from outside because it was a ricochet deal. Ruled an accidental discharge from a woman's gun who police claim snuck it in past metal detectors by using the uh, fat rolls in her stomach. That's that. That's the description. That's something. NFL 53-man roster cut deadline is almost here. What, we're about an hour or so away from that, roughly? We're waiting on a lot of your Boilermakers here. We're waiting on a lot of Bears and Colts stuff. We do know this. Bears did cut Nathan Peterman, so they're going to go with that undrafted rookie at number two behind Justin Fields. No massive shock so far for the Colts, but no deal yet for Jonathan Taylor as we continue to be on Taylor Watch, whether or not that deadline is fixed or not. I guess we'll find out. Hey, look, you get the right deal, you get the right deal um, if you're willing to trade them, but we'll see. As for the Boilers uh, that are currently awaiting things, big question out there in Las Vegas. Can Aiden O'Connell be the number two quarterback? Or does Josh McDaniels decide to go with Brian Hoyer at number two? And then what happens to Aiden? Do they keep two and try to get Aiden on the uh, on the practice squad? I, they'll have to carry three, I think. That's the case. I just don't know that they're going to let the highest-graded rookie of all the rookies, not just quarterbacks, of all the rookies in the preseason, slip right through their fingertips. If not, I'm pretty sure there's several teams that would like to give him a go. Trio Boilermaker seniors for men's golf recognized by the Big Ten Conference as golfers to watch for this season. Uh, they'll swing into action this weekend in Wisconsin. Herman Sackney, Peyton Snowberger, Nick Dentino all getting those honors for Purdue. And there you go. Today's need-to-know news. 
uh, for this Tuesday, the 29th. Again, I do have your tickets. You can win your way in to see Purdue and Fresno State this Saturday. Text me Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. You text that in. That is your chance to win. I got you covered here. 765-447-4080. Text it in for your chance to score those tickets. Purdue and Fresno State this Saturday. Noon kickoff. I got tickets for you all season long. That's how we're going to do it. We're going to do Ticket Tuesday here. And some weeks we may have ticket Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But I'm loaded. I want to give away my first pair here today. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. And that gets your uh that's your entry. We'll draw the winner at the end uh, of the show. I wanted to get into a good baseball pick for today. And you know what? Uh, yesterday yesterday might have broke me. We got college football coming up here this week. I might be done with baseball. I mean, it was bad. Mookie, no hits last night. He's been hot. Olsen came up one short on our RBI. Cranky came up one short on our strikeout. Nobody wanted to hit yesterday. It may have broke me. I may just be sitting back and waiting. Looking at futures. Once a 53-man roster hits, I think you're a much better chance at figuring out some of your futures. I honestly thought, like, throwing a dollar or two down on Aiden O'Connell as Offensive Rookie of the Year wasn't a bad idea because you know what kind of a man of glass Jimmy G can be. Of course, you got to wait and see if he makes the number two if he beats out Brian Hoyer. I mean, if that's the case... Those are great odds to throw uh, throw a buck down. The can of pop at work. Why wouldn't you? And I think he's still like. I'd be shocked if you weren't impressed with what he did, and then thought to yourself, "Well, Brian Hoyer's experience, even though we didn't play him at all during the preseason, is better than what we saw." I don't see that. I think that would be absolutely ridiculous to do. And by the way, Aiden's gone from uh, 101 to 75 to 1 odds on that offensive rookie of the year category. I think he's got the best chance to make some noise. I do. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud make up three of the uh, top. Four offensive rookie of the years in the category. Those are the best. I mean, talking about best odds. Robinson is the big favorite here at plus two seventy five. But you can't sit here and tell me you Anthony Richardson at six to one and Aiden at like seventy five to one right now. You can't tell me Aiden O'Connell's not worth at least a floater. So we're gonna keep. An eye on that. Again, the uh, deadline's coming up here in just a little bit. What do the Raiders do? I think he's done enough to earn that number two spot. You know who Brian Hoyer is. 
Why would you not go with the young, the young guy with the potential? Just me. Put him three? Just let him sit at the end of the bench? That's a terrible idea. Come on. No risk, no reward. That's Brian Hoyer. There's no reward. <laughs> there is a lot of risk. I think you get the same amount of risk between him and Aiden, don't you think? No. I'm very interested to see what the uh, what the Raiders do. And then we'll keep an eye out. Like I said, we got about, like, what, 20, 20 guys on NFL rosters. And how many of those guys are really, like, locked in? Maybe Maybe half of those are good to go. And we'll keep John. We'll keep an eye on Jonathan Taylor. Watch. Maybe we'll get some more details. We'll talk about that in a bit. But coming up next, it is uh, Coach Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders, and a tough one down in Plainfield for him last week when Quakers went for a two point conversion on their second touchdown. They win fifteen to fourteen. So we'll talk with Coach Peebles. We'll see where this team's at and uh, how they're preparing for Marion this week. That's coming up next. You are listening to the Hammer Down Show on one hundred one seven. The Hammer one hundred. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselaz. We're going to go over to our uh, Hammerhead hotline and bring in Coach Terry Peebles of the Harrison Raiders. A uh, a heartbreaker last week as they went down to uh, Plainfield and uh, Plainfield gets them 15 to 14. They go for the uh, two point conversion there on their second touchdown and are able to uh, hold on for the W. Coach, uh, you know. Tough game right there, sectional opponent, uh, one that you split with uh, last season. Uh, but, you know, your team's performance coming out of a 15-14 loss down there in Hendricks County, how do you feel like your team did? Uh, I feel like we, we played hard. Uh, we, we we played well. Uh, you know, we're still a couple guys down due to injuries, and, and it sounds like we got some good news on that. Uh, but the kids that were out there playing fought hard. I, For the most part, I uh, thought we controlled the tempo of the game. Uh, we just a couple tur- uh, costly turnovers in the second half re- really bit us. Uh, both were down in the about the 25 yard line. We were going in to to go up two scores both times and couldn't convert. Turn the ball over and then uh, they, they had a really nice fourth quarter drive and and went for the two point conversion. You got it and it's you know it's two very very evenly matched teams. So hopefully uh, you know w- when we play them again in the sectional, hopefully we'll. Uh, We'll be a little little, little bit luckier and uh, hold on to the ball a little bit better. Yeah, I have Calix Dillon, again, with a, a great completion percentage, 12-13. Just doesn't seem like, you know, you look at 66 yards, it just tells me that uh, while he's making all those throws, probably a lot of them not I know, not really getting down the field a bunch. I mean, 25 of those are, uh, I'm sorry, 25 to 66 on one play there. So um, it, it seems like that maybe you guys weren't able to get the passing game, much like you did last week against uh, West Lafayette. No, we uh, we we we, uh, we we had a uh, to get a, a big play on them, and actually ended up with an interception on it. And it's really kind of one of those plays that kind of you know kind of kind of I don't know cut our foot off at the time. <laughs> you know, it was a uh, we were, kid ran a great route. He uh, he was wide open, unfortunately, with with the pressure that they had been putting on us all day and. And the amount of times that Calix got hurt, I think he, I think he maybe rushed it a little bit and went to a receiver that he probably shouldn't have. Um, but it, it, as hard as he got hit a few times in this game, I, I was very pleased with with how he played. Uh, he is a tough, tough kid because he he took some absolute shots uh, from their best player, uh, Lane Drennan, number eight, their outside linebacker, he, and he 
he just popped right back up and continued to distribute the ball well. And uh, we really like the way he's playing right now. He's not not the strongest arm quarterback. We we don't go you know down the field with him a whole lot. Um, but but he does a real good job within ten to fifteen yards of the line of scrimmage distributing the ball. All right, another matchup for you guys here uh, this week. You'll be hosting uh, Marion here. The uh, Giants come in one and one. Uh, did not perform well uh, week two against Mississippi, which is just fun to say, by the way. Uh, but you know, this is a, <laughs> uh, a very familiar opponent for you guys. Uh, wasn't too much of a problem last year, fifty-one to six. Uh, you've taken a look at the Giants here. Uh, what what stands out when you watch their film here? What what can they do that can potentially cause you guys problems? Well, they're better than they were last year. Uh, they have they have a new coach. It's an old coach. Uh, coach Chambers uh, was the coach at Marion. I think four or five years ago, uh, back when they won the conference championship. I think they split with Jeff one year. Uh, back then, they, I think they beat us one year uh, by a touchdown, and then we beat them by a touchdown the following year. So uh, they're, they're going to be well-coached. Um, they got some kids that, that can run around a little bit. I think that you know he'd like to have two or three more years of, of kind of building the program back up uh, to get them where they really want to be. But, uh, but they, they, got, they got some kids that can run around. They got some big kids that are athletic up front on defense. Uh, you know, we're, right now they're struggling a little bit offensively, uh, but but their defense is pretty good and could uh, could give us some problems. You know, I think when we watched you guys, uh, you know, week one against West Lafayette, I, I think everybody was there. Even, just talking to some of your assistants, I thought, and, and even you, I think at one point, like, I think we played a lot better than we were anticipating here. You have another good performance there against Blainfield. So where do you – What's your sense here with this team? Uh, do you feel like that you are um, ahead of schedule here? Or are we coming close to a ceiling? Uh, do you think there's a there's a much higher ceiling this team still has to climb to? Like, kind of give me an idea where you think this team is uh, versus you know what you think they can be. Uh, we're 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 not where we're going to be at the end of the year, uh, or hopefully where we're going to be at the end of the year. Uh, I think you know CJ. I just actually got a text message from CJ Zeltwanger's dad. Uh, he should be able to play this week. Uh, just having him back, you know, he's our best football player. Um, having him back on the field will, will kind of change the running game. We'll be able to, you know, to, to, to run up inside a little bit more when you, when you got, uh, you know, 6'5", 305, knocking off the end of the line of scrimmage. So, uh, so we're definitely happy about that. We'll get uh, Jack Dow, one of our defensive linemen, back, uh, who's got dinged up in the uh, West Lafayette game. So, I think once we start to get fully healthy, I think we're going to be better. And I think Calix has only started two games. Uh, he's just going to continue to get better and better. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, our, our goal is to, to be strong at the end of the year. So if we, if we can avoid the injury bug, uh, I, I think we're going to be a much better team, you know, week six, seven, eight, nine than we were one, two, and three. Yeah, you got to think Calix is going to be pretty happy adding another. I don't know, three hundred plus man on the front line to block for him. It's a, and not, yeah. not only that, your best one on top. Of that, look, you, you, we were talking about C.J. Zeltwanger. I think last week, and uh, you had such high praise for him. You, you think he's probably one of the best players that you ever had, don't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd put him right up there with the, you know the Dawson Dankies and the Omarion Dixons. Um, he, he's probably the highest ranked recruit. Uh, he, he's probably even more than Dawson, even more than Omarion, uh, as, as far as being a Division One recruit and commit. So I, I would have to put him up there. But he's just when you get 
six foot five, three hundred pound guys. A lot of times you get big old teddy bears that you know have been told their whole life, you know, don't hurt that kid or don't be too rough with them because you're bigger than everybody. Uh, CJ doesn't have that mentality. <laughs> CJ's got an older brother who was an all state lineman for us, and uh, he's tough. He he is he's not afraid to mix it up, um, and, and he, I don't think he's much of a hugger. I was I was gonna say like well, he's got an older sibling there. They're, they're usually not the kindler and gentler ones. If you got no, the older he, ones. and he, he's got a, he's got an older sister that played basketball for us too. That I'm sure could have slapped him around a little bit when he was little too. So he's a, he's a very tough kid. Uh, he's very feisty and athletic, and he, he's he's fun to coach. See, not a hugger, but uh, with the older sister, probably knows how to braid hair. So that's something that can definitely come into play later <laughs> on in life for you, especially become a girl dad. Coach Terry Peebles, the uh, Harrison Raiders will be taking on Marion. It's a 7 o'clock start out there at uh, A.J. Rickard Field. And then uh, we're going to catch up with him again next week, September the 8th, over at Ellison. It's the battle for the sword. I'm sure nobody's thinking about that or has highlighted that on a schedule or anything like that. We're all focused on Marion this week, correct? Oh, of course. <laughs> I always know that answer if you ever ask a coach that. Hey, Coach Terry Peebles, it's always a pleasure talking football with you. Uh, best of luck with practice this week, and uh, best of luck on Friday night against Marion. All right, thanks a lot, Jared. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're going to go over to our Hammerhead hotline again, and uh, we've got our good buddy Stephanie on here with us. Hey, girl, how's it going for Purdue Sports? How you been? I've been good. How are you? I've not talked to you in, like, forever. It's been a hot minute. I'm glad to have you back on these bad boys. I know. It has been probably too long, so I'm glad to be on the show talking about Purdue Sports. Yeah, I know you're super excited about uh, Saturday as well, right? We're finally back in Ross 8, 100th season of Ross uh, football in Ross Aid Stadium. She got a little facelift here, looking good. South end zone, new tunnel. I mean, uh, I'm absolutely loving it here. Uh, but I know with that comes a lot of changes and stuff, too. And there's a lot of things, if you're attending the game on Saturday, that you probably want to make sure that fans are aware of. Can, can you tell me about some of these things that you guys are kind of yeah. driving home here to let the fans know with uh, all, because there's new sections, all this stuff. Tell me what fans need to know about. Yeah, like you said, Ross Aid went through phase one renovations um, on the offseason here. So kind of some fun things we have going on is we have a brand new Tiller Tunnel, which is the tunnel the team will enter through, and that will be on the northeast corner of the stadium. So with that, we've added two new premium sections above the tunnel, and then we also have connected the south end zone to kind of complete that oval of the stadium. So we have a new premium area down in the south southwest wedge of the stadium as well. But with that, like you said, we have a lot of new policies and kind of gate entry uh, policies here. So something we need all fans to know is anyone arriving or planning on entering the stadium through the south end, um, you are not able to enter through the gates A or B on the south end unless you are a student with a student section ticket. So that is uh, new this year with our stadium upgrades. Um, every other gate is open for general public admission. Um, except for, again, gate A and B, and then gate N on the south end zone no longer exists for uh, general public access. So that is really something we're trying to drive home this year. Um, uh, so let me, a, a and B, that's the one that's right over there by Mackie, right? That's the big steps and stuff on that side? Yep, that's correct. Okay. That's, um, that, um, what is that, the southeast kind of corner there of Mackie. Yeah. Um, close to Mackie, close to Holloway, um, with those, that big staircase. That's, that's student correct. zone. That's that gate right there. Okay. Um, let's see what else. We also, 
um, want to drive home for our student ticket holders. Um, if you have a student section ticket and you're a student at Purdue, you need a wristband to sit in our student section this year. So that means all students have to come through gates A and B if you have a student section ticket. If you're a student who just bought a general public ticket, do not come through gates A and B. You'll kind of be treated like a regular fan there and come through any other gate. Um, so that's kind of new. Um, let's see. We also added some new parking lots this year. Oh. Yeah. So we have we have some new parking lots. Like the driving range is brand new this year. We added that. Um, the armory <laughs> and push, I believe, are the are the new ones there. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we have? And Cherry Lane, by the way, if you're going to park at the driving range, Cherry Lane is open all the way through. I drove on it last week. It terrified me to no end, but it is open. That's a thing. Yeah, uh, that, that's open already. <laughs> so that'll make a little bit more of an ease for people coming to and leaving the games. Um, the other thing to note is any season ticket holders or people used to sitting in the same seat, you might notice your seat number might have changed um, on your ticket, but your location probably hasn't. So we took the off-season and we renumbered every single seat and every single, well, the rows haven't changed, but every single seat and row number in Ross State Stadium to make it a little bit more fan-friendly and easier for people to find their seats. So, um, your, again, your seat number might have changed, but your location probably has not unless you were impacted by construction. So you guys all went through there. You got little stickers, and you literally pulled off the old ones and put the new ones in for every seat in Ross Eight Stadium. <laughs> that is correct. We did that. Oh, <laughs> it took well, probably five full work days, maybe a little bit more, to get oh that done. And we had a team of 20 or 30 people every day out there. So. Oh, man. It was uh, yeah, appreciate your new sticker for your seat. We're talking with Stephanie from Purdue Sports here on our Hammerhead Hotline. You know, other things, too, I'm sure clear bag policy still in effect. Still cashless, too, for all the concessions and everything, too, at Ross A, correct? Yep, that's correct. And then also we still have digital tickets for parking and game tickets. So make sure you download to your phone before you get to the game. And PurdueSports.com, if you click on that, you guys have, like, a full rundown of all these policies, maps for all the parking, all that stuff, right? Yep, that's correct. I also do want to know, we still do have tickets available for this game, and they start at just $15. So if you don't have your ticket, you can go to foodsports.com and get your game ticket. Um, if you don't know already, our second home game against Syracuse is already sold out. Um, so after this game, we're sold out for Syracuse, but then we do have tickets for the rest of the season available as well. So football, again, it's going to be a big deal this Saturday. Labor Day weekend tickets still exist. Uh, new parking, too, as well, because uh, I know those uh, those intramural field lots and stuff were starting to get full. It was getting harder and harder to get past. I'm glad they got three new lots there as well. Yep. And PurdueSports.com has got all the details. If you were a student who got a student section ticket, you got a lot. You got to go through specific gates. You got to make sure you get your wristband. Those are the big highlights. Other than that, uh, you're just going to uh, enjoy the game like you normally would, correct? If you're just a regular ticket holder, you're good to go. Yep, that's correct. Another thing to note is if you are um, wanting to park in one of our parking lots, buy your tickets before you get to the lot. You're going to save $10 on every parking pass. So Ooh, yeah. definitely do that before you arrive. Save yourself some money and make your game day experience a little easier. All right, I love that. Okay, uh, that's not the only stuff going on right now with athletics. Soccer is on the road Thursday and Sunday. Volleyball goes back on the road. Volleyball season's basically sold out except for, like, one game left, right? We got one game left? Yep, that's correct. Um, the only game we have tickets available for is when we take on UCF. Right, and we always got to let those jerks know that the moon is our territory, not theirs. So uh, <laughs> we need you guys to uh, pack Holloway 
uh, for that stuff. So uh, make sure you get those tickets again. Uh, still a few tickets remain. If you want to get out the volleyball, you haven't had the chance to do that yet. Uh, there are tickets available for the UCF game. Please go to PurdueSports.com. You can get your tickets for football. Uh, you can also see maps, everything you need for game day. Refreshers on the policies, clear bag policy, all that stuff. And, uh, look, I'm just so excited to get out to, to Ross Aid there. I'm assuming you've been out there with all the renovations there. Is there a section that's got you particularly excited that you think fans should check out? Yeah, I mean, the section we're most excited about are the two or the three new premium areas. Um, but we do have a brand-new experience uh, happening in the northeast corner. The Boilermaker Special will actually sit above the tunnel. And 45 minutes prior to kickoff for every home game, you can watch the Boymaker Special drive through the stadium and park in its brand-new parking spot. So we're going to have some, you know, fun theatrics with a train-crossing theme. We're going to play on that. You're going to get an up-close look at the special. And if you're lucky enough to have tickets in that section, you will actually ride the special in um, on game day. So that's a new kind of added benefit this year. I love it. What a great experience. Stephanie from Purdue Sports. Uh, make sure you go to PurdueSports.com. Everything you need to know for your tailgating and your game entry in the Ross 8 Stadium on Saturday. And don't forget to pick up those tickets for UCF versus Purdue Volleyball. That is the only game with tickets remaining for volleyball this season. Stephanie, always a pleasure. Boiler up. Boiler up. Big thank you to Stephanie. Um, again, I got tickets for Purdue Fresno State this Saturday. If you want to go, uh, you got to text the keyword boiler up. Text me a boiler up. 765-448, uh, sorry, 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. If you text Boiler Up to that number, uh, I will uh, get you in the drawing here, and uh, we will pick out a winner at the end of the show for those tickets. So if you want your chance, text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080, and I will get you in the running. We are about... Oh, geez, not even uh, just a little over 20 minutes left until the NFL cut line. So far, nothing monumental. I am like refresh, refresh, refresh. Nothing with Jonathan Taylor. Nothing with uh, any other Boilermakers as of right now. That's where we're at. I don't know how likely it is at this point. I feel like if we were going to do the Jonathan Trade deal, we were going to do the Jonathan Trade deal earlier than this. But keep in mind, too, if you are, let's say you're the Dolphins who are allegedly in on this, you'd like to get him in and get him a couple of weeks to get acclimated, but he is also coming off an injury. There is an NFL trade deadline. You could still go out, and if you have a deal in place for Jonathan, if you talk to Jonathan's people and you have agreed on a number going forward for a contract, and all that's standing in the way is the, the, the Colts going, eh, we don't want we don't want to do it for that, whatever you're giving up. You really have until late October to figure this out. I can understand any team. I mean, he's not practicing right now. So unless he is kind of slow rolling this and he's good to go, 
If you don't think that he's going to be there week one, maybe week two, you don't. What's the rush? I don't know if the deal gets done. I just don't know how locked in to that number one pick demand, that first round pick or a package of picks that equal that. I just don't know how they how flexible the Colts will be in that. I think it's just it's so much that it's scared away potential suitors for him. If you were the Colts, you know there's not much of a market for the guy already because you've seen what guys like Dalvin Cook come through. Um, oh gosh, who was the one free agent? Uh, Kareem Hunt come through. And you know what the market is for that. I don't understand how you are able to ask for evaluation on a player that you have no interest in in paying. So I think if you just want to come down on your ask a little bit, you probably could have gotten several bids and maybe pushed it up a little bit better than what you're going to settle for. I think that's a possibility. But instead, you're not going to get anything here. Maybe they could move them by October, but we'll have to wait and see. Apparently, a lot of people called and asked. If you had 10 teams call and inquire, and only one put in somewhat of an offer, look, I'm no real estate broker, but I feel like when you have multiple teams that are interested... But only one's willing to put down something, and it's not what you're asking for. That that becomes a buyer's market, not a seller's market. So the Colts were going to do this. I feel like they've somewhat mishandled it. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we started this whole process, that I didn't think the Colts were actually serious in trading Jonathan Taylor. I don't think they're serious in bringing him back or at least setting the deal that he wants to. But today will tell us a whole lot about what the situation is. Whether he gets moved and the Colts come off of their asking price or whether he stays if he's put on that PUP list and can't play the first four games, or if they keep him on the active roster. I think a lot of that's going to tell us the situation here and maybe what the situation was like uh, with these uh, negotiations. Because I guarantee you, nobody's coming anywhere close to what the Colts want if he can't go the first four weeks. That just complicates the problems. We're going to take a break. Don't forget, last chance for you to text in. Boiler up to 765-447-4080. I got tickets. Purdue-Fresno State this Saturday. 
See the brand new Ross 8 Stadium. See Coach Walters, the tunnel, all that stuff. You can be one of the first to experience that. Text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. We'll pick a winner at the end of the show, which is coming up here in just a few minutes on 1017 The Hammer. Show wrap it up here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. If you haven't, your chance to win Purdue football tickets for the game Saturday against Fresno State. Text Boiler Up to 765 447 4080. And uh, I'm going to draw out a winner here right as I, uh, right after I go off the air here. So as soon as the show's done, uh, we're going to uh, go ahead and draw out a winner. I'll have another chance tomorrow for you to score tickets for that as well. Because I got extras. I got a whole season of volleyball tickets here as well to give away this year. So, yeah, I got a lot of a lot of tickets. We got plenty. So, if you want to win today's uh, Purdue Fresno State tickets, again, boiler up to 765-447-4080. All right, looking for those roster moves here. Trying to keep an eye out. Milton Wright waived by the Chargers. Xander, good to go with the Chargers. Charlie Jones makes it with the Bengals. Sounds like he'll be a guy returning uh, punts as well. So Chuck Sizzle makes it. And this news is going to trickle out over the next... Half hour or so. Reese Taylor. Uh, he has been released by the Chiefs. Ugh. That's the stuff that's coming out right now. If we get any more before we go off the air here, I'll make sure to share it. But um, like I said, we have some 20-odd boilers uh, in camps, only one on IR, thankfully. That was it. So everybody had a good chance. And just because guys are released uh, does not mean they won't end up on practice squads some places. Doesn't necessarily mean they immediately go to the XFL or something like that. Keep that in mind. You know, a lot of other deals are going to get made here after the, uh, the 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 rosters get set about who wants to be on practice squads and they want to stay in those camps or they want to go someplace else. We'll wait and see. No Jonathan Taylor news. No. Uh, and then probably one of the most odd futures here as we get ready for the NFL season and it may change once we get to this, but the Cardinals' win total is down to three and a half on the season, which would be the lowest total since we went with three in the Jaguars' opening season. So this would be the second lowest win total, three and a half wins. Doesn't sound like Kyler Murray's going to be good to go anytime soon. They traded for Josh Dobbs. Well, what was wrong with David Blau? 
All these accusations of tanking now as well with them. I Look, I know experts will sit here and tell you, no, these guys, those guys still want to go out there and compete. All right? But I fully believe that there are coaches who get guarantees to not be like like it, it it goes sideways this year, no worries. Plenty of young guys, let's get some experience, let's develop, let's get a good pick. I one hundred percent believe that, that stuff kind of happens. Now you look at the schedule, you say, hey, can they win four games? At the Commanders, Giants, Cowboys, at the 49ers, Bengals, at the Rams, at the Seahawks, Ravens, Browns, Falcons, at the Texans, Rams, at the Steelers, 49ers again, Bears, and Eagles, and Seahawks. Do you see four in there? That's a good question. They won four last year. And that's with Kyler Murray out there running around for a good chunk of it. They're 24th in passing yards. Josh Dawes is not going to move the ball down the field for them, trust me. 15 points a game, 25th. He's not going to be putting up a bunch of points. Rushing yards, Connor solid. They were... Top 10 in rushing yards last season. Defense allowed 24 a game. They're in a lot of trouble. I wouldn't hate you for going under there, but boy, what a scary proposition, huh? That does it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Big thanks to Terry Peoples for being on with us here, uh, as well as uh, Stephanie from Purdue Sports. Great show today hearing from them. Tomorrow on the program, uh, let's see here. Who do we have? Um... Geez, I, I'm talking to both Brian Nay and Josh Strasser tomorrow. We very might well have both of them on the program tomorrow. So uh, that'll be interesting. So don't forget, if you missed out on this episode, you can always go back and take a listen at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's all up there. We're back tomorrow, 3 o'clock, talking local sports with you here on the Hammerdown Show. Golfers with the construction on Cherry Lane, Burke Boilermaker is still open and ready for play. This year, you'll park in the ross lot near Northwestern Avenue and start on number 11 for the Ackerman Allen course. Bypass the trailer and the lines by paying online at purduegolf.com. The Camp and Costler course will be open for members and guests this year, but the driving range will still be open to the public. Please visit purduegolf.com backslash clubhouse for updates about temporary parking arrangements. But rest assured, when you're on the course, it's business as usual at Burke Boilermaker. The golf experience 